Hi guys, welcome to the pilot episode of my new podcast, The Hypochondriac's Gotten. This is a podcast where I talk about the fascinating and terrifying world of human disease. I'll be discussing viruses that kill in strange and gruesome ways, antibiotic-resistant bacteria, parasites that change our personalities, and more. Today I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite single-celled organisms, Nyglaria fowleri, more commonly known as the brain-eating amoeba. On one hand, N. fowleri infection is very rare. Between 1962 and 2015, there were only 138 confirmed cases in the United States. On the other hand, it's also incredibly lethal. Of these 138 cases, there were only three survivors, putting N. fowleri infection at about a 98% fatality rate. This little guy lives in warm bodies of freshwater all over the world. N. fowleri is free-living, meaning that it does not require an animal or plant host to survive. Instead, it mostly preys on the bacteria living in its aquatic environment. However, very rarely, N. fowleri will end up inside a human. N. fowleri doesn't seem to be able to survive or cause harm in the digestive tract or bloodstream. However, if N. fowleri gets into the brain, it can wreak havoc. In most cases, the human brain is protected by several layers of cells called the blood-brain barrier. In general, this does a great job of protecting the brain from toxins and pathogens and any other nasty things that might be circulating in the blood. However, the olfactory neurons, which are brain cells that allow us to smell, project directly from the brain to the nasal passage. So, if certain very specific pathogens, like N. fowleri, get into your nose, they can essentially use the olfactory neurons to climb directly into your brain. Having an amoeba in your brain is obviously a huge problem. Symptom onset is usually within five days of exposure. Symptoms begin with a headache, fever, and nausea, and eventually progress to neck stiffness, hallucinations, seizures, coma, and death. Interestingly enough, the actual destruction of the brain tissue by the amoeba itself might not be the factor that leads to death. Instead, the body's immune response, which in general fights off pathogens, goes into overdrive. This results in a massive release of inflammatory proteins and damage to the blood-brain barrier. The brain starts to swell. As the pressure in the brain increases, blood flow may be cut off. The flow of blood to the brain provides it with oxygen, which is essential for cells to survive. Without oxygen, the cells of the brain begin to die. Patients themselves usually die between 1 and 18 days after symptom onset. Because this disease progresses so rapidly and is so, so rare, diagnosis may not be made until after death. Treatment, which is often unsuccessful, includes administration of various antimicrobial drugs. In the case of one of the very few survivors, doctors also installed a shunt, a device which allows excess fluid to drain out of the brain. This coupled with induced hypothermia, likely reduced the brain swelling that is usually fatal in cases of N. fowleri infection. Although N. fowleri cases have been traditionally only reported in southern states, like Texas, Florida, and Arizona, there have been more recent reports of states like Kansas, Indiana, and even as far north as Minnesota. The expanding range of this amoeba is likely related to changes in climate. N. fowleri is thought to be sensitive to freezing temperatures, but as winters grow increasingly warmer, this amoeba has been able to expand its territory into more northern states. Generally, recommendations for avoiding N. fowleri infection include not putting your head underwater in warm bodies of fresh water. However, in 2015, the first case of an N. fowleri-related death was reported in which N. fowleri was contracted from treated tap water in the United States. N. fowleri can grow in water tanks, hot water heaters, and pipes, 
so really there's not a lot you can do to be 100% safe. Since Enfowleri is so rare, there's not a lot of research being done. There have been some cool new developments in the last couple years. In 2014, a paper was published in which researchers sequenced the entire genome of Enfowleri. This might allow us to understand which strains of Enfowleri are most likely to cause infection and illness, or give us new clues about how to kill this deadly amoeba. A multidisciplinary research group in South Korea is developing more rapid diagnostics, as early detection may be crucial to treatment. Overall, Enfowleri infection rates pretty low on the probability of you actually getting this. In the U.S., you're about 2 to 20 times more likely to be killed by a cow than by Enfowleri. The real scare factor here is the lethality, as well as the relative ubiquity of this amoeba in lakes and rivers, and maybe even our hot water heaters and pipes. Right now, we don't really know what causes some people to contract this infection, while others with the same exposure show no symptoms. Plus, I personally find the idea of a brain-eating amoeba just completely terrifying, but also kind of cool and interesting. So that's the story of Naglaria phalari. If you want to know more about Naglaria phalari, check out some of the resources on the CBC website. If you like this podcast, or I guess if you didn't, please rate it or leave a comment on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening to the very first episode of the Hypochondriac's Guide. See you next time!